Zimbra. This is you talking, talking heads to my talking head. The comprehensive and encyclopedic compendium of all things talking heads. This is good rock and roll. Um, music. To the moon, Alice. Uh, straight to the moon with my fist, I punch you. Was that the uh, catchphrase? <laughs> that was exactly it. You nailed it. Wow. This is. Uh, I'm gonna beat you senseless and send you to the moon in a rocket. I'm gonna wallop you till your face is black and blue. I am gonna make you bleed from your face because of my punches. <laughs> what a wonderful catchphrase. What it was a different time, but a time I think that maybe was a better time. Oh. Most assuredly. One hundred percent. Who is that guy? <laughs> well, the guy who said most assuredly? Yeah. I liked it. It was, it was like a, a new monster. yeah, new voice for you. I really enjoyed it. Um, welcome to the show. This is you talking, talking heads to my talking head, a very important, I don't know why I said very important, not really important. important. Nothing about this show is important. Absolutely not. (laughs) Um, but a very exciting, it's not even exciting. I don't know what to call. What would you call today's Mm. show? I think if I were to try and encapsulate the show in a sentence, first thing I would do is excise the words interesting and uh, <laughs> exciting important. wait exciting and important Inter- uh, throw interesting, interesting in there well. too but yeah, I would excise that as well uh, those three uh, words cannot be in the sentence scintillating of interest uh, remarkable and none of these apply yeah nothing nothing applies to this show <laughs> and we apologize look it's taken us this many episodes we apologize we don't know why yeah, you're listening we're, very sorry <laughs> but uh at least we're we're broing out and listening to some good tunes and that's what uh, this show is all about and what, that's what can really you expect about. you know what i mean um yeah. but we do have uh a show certainly and uh the subject matter of today's show is the album little creatures we will be talking about the 1985 album little creatures talking heads best selling album we will be talking about that coming up in a little bit before, but before that, it's hard to say bit, but bit in a little but bit before bit, but a little bit of, butt. like that. <laughs> yeah. Just a little bit of, butt. sort of just a little bit, just please give me just a little bit of, butt. <laughs> just a little, <laughs> please, just a little bit. <laughs> um, Bits. Also not interested in meeting that guy. <laughs> nope. You have a collection of uh, of people that uh, I would never want to run into on the street. Sketchy dudes. Speaking of the street, though, we'll talk about this uh, in a little bit. But I want to introduce you. Across from me, and when I say across from me, I'm talking 3,000 miles across from me. And we'll talk about this in a little bit. Uh, you know him from Krampus. 
You know him from Piranha Double D or Triple D or something like that. You know him from No, no I, th- I wasn't in that one. Oh, that's is that the sequel? I apologize. I'm sorry to yeah. I'm sorry to accuse you of being in what you consider to be an Pir- inferior Piranha, sequel. Piranha Double D. <laughs> yeah, I was not in that. Were you asked to be in it and then you saw just Double D on the title page and said, "No, because nope. I was I was killed in the Original. I, Not that that would have stopped. Yes, him, but I, I apologize. Um, I don't remember the particulars of the Piranha Shears film. in it, though. Shears and uh, Double D. And I believe Ving Rhames is as well, at least in the I'm, prologue. Yeah, I'm sure I think I saw both of them. Although, do I remember them? No. Um, but uh, you know him from all of those movies. And then uh, as a side hustle, he occasionally acts in TV shows, um, trying to get that green, trying to chase that paper. And you know him from one uh, called Parks and Recreation. Please welcome Adam Scott. Hey, everybody. To my left, we've got the man, the number one fan of all things, Scott Ackerman. Yeah. Everybody. Hey, everybody. Oh, wait. That's your thing. Uh, yeah. Just change it up a little bit and you can be your thing. Hey, every one person is person. person yeah every every one well everybody yeah that's great every hello, one. hey every, every one every person named one hey you're saying hello to all of sure, them. sure of course we got uh one uh i'm trying to think of any person named one <laughs> can you think of any valdez valdez who's the, that the, isn't he the man on the uh old like super old racist coffee commercials <laughs> juan valdez oh yeah I guess coffee. So. hey what do you think about the land of lakes girl uh, also racist. Uh, also uh, racist, uh, but those titties. Am I right? Ah, <laughs> uh, well, listen. Uh, once something's racist, I cannot see beyond that. Is this an episode of But Those Titties? <laughs> I believe so. <laughs> Hey everyone, welcome to Butt Those Titties. This is Scott. And this is Scott. And we're just talking, look, we're talking about beautiful, beautiful women here and their accomplishments. Um, For instance, Maxine Waters. Wonderful, wonderful, (laughs) um, wonderful woman. Uh, She is, uh, of course, the... uh, 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 she's in the uh, she's the U.S. representative for California's 43rd congressional district since 1991. Um, she has done so much in her political career, but those titties. I'm gonna just stay out of this one. You know why? Why? You know why? Why is that? I feel like maybe at some point this could harm me in some way. Just being anywhere near this conversation. (laughs) (laughs) I understand. All right. We'll see you next time. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Good. Very strong. Very strong episode. (laughs) Um, Adam, I, I mentioned it. Um, you are very far away from me. Usually when we tape these episodes, look for the majority of the ones in our previous, uh, 
our previous podcasts from you talking you two to me to are you talking rem me to yui talking huey to me to stained glass we've been in the same room for most of those that has changed for the talking head show um but at least we were in the same zip code but now yeah you are in a zip code that starts with a one tell us about that yeah well new york state sure like um if you're thinking about california where i hail from uh all of the zip codes in california every single one of them and I don't have a count offhand, although... How many zip codes there are in uh, California? Yes. You don't know I that that information just off the top of your head? It's not. I do not. I'm ashamed to say. Huh. Uh, I will look this up. Uh, how do you spell how? How? How, uh, how as in... How? How? Like, how uh, uh, I think it's... How? I think it's like show without the S. Show without the S. Okay, so that's just a plain old W H O W H O W. Yeah, uh, pretty much. Okay. Yeah, standard, H O W. Yeah, standard. How um, many zip codes? You know how to uh, spell many zip codes, but not how. Okay, go ahead. How how? Yeah, many zip codes in California is uh, no problem. Hmm. Okay, uh, two thousand five hundred ninety-seven zip codes. Hey. Is this an episode of That's a Lot of Zip Codes? Yes. Hey, everybody. Welcome to That's a Lot of Zip Codes. This is Scott. And this is Scott. And today we're just talking about states that have, look, it's right there in the title, a lot of zip codes. A lot. Like a... Dare I say a shitload of codes? A shit metric ton of zippies. Oh man, if I had this many turds, I'd have a big pile of dung. <laughs> as many turds as there are zip codes, you I mean? Apologize. <laughs> or... I'm, just a, I'm going to just a blanket apology. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we're talking about California, which has, <laughs> I mean, by my 2, count, 000. over two thousand five hundred zip codes. Yeah, just that's just by my just count. Zippies for days, guys. Zippies out the wazi. I got zippies coming out of my eeries. <laughs> um, and there's nothing else to say, but that's a lot of zip codes. That's a lot of zips. We'll see you next time. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Man, I wonder I wonder if that's the most zip codes in a state. I would think that Texas or well, I wonder if Alaska would have more zip well, codes or Texas has less because there's so many unpopulated areas. That's what I'm wondering. I would think Alaska would be even though it's gigantic. Wait a second. How many were in California? About 2500. 2597. Guess how many more zip codes Texas has? How many more zippies Texas has? Probably three. Yeah. Oh, am I right? Yeah. Yeah, they have 2,600. 2, yeah, that's codes. what I thought. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. 
I bet Alaska only has 273 or something. Hmm. That sounds low, but you're probably right. Let me check. Yeah, go ahead. That. Look you're it up. Right. You're right. I am right. Okay. Yeah. I wonder how many are in New York, though. Unique New I'm York. Unique New York. I wonder how many would be there. I mean, obviously. How do you spell how? Um, kind of like howl without the L. Howl. 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 How well? How well? How well? How well? It's no, 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 no. In the zip code area, howl as in the contraction of how will? How without the apostrophe ll? Oh, without the l l apostrophe ll. Take those out. Lighting the lantern. Oh, okay. So h o w h o yeah yeah h o w pretty simple. Oh. Before we get to New York, how many zip codes, just period, how many zip codes are there? Entirely? Well, if you consider that California has 2,597, Texas has 2,600, Alaska has about 273, New York has 2,150. Oh, by the way, that's just my guess, 2,150 in New York. I would think the U.S. has probably 41,689. Let me... Yes. Yeah, you're right. Hmm. Okay. Cool. Wow, New York has 2150. Yeah, that's what I said. I mean, that was my guess. Am I right? But New York is a small state. But a uh, lot of people. A lot of zippies for such a small state. So many zippies! I mean, this is almost an episode, but uh, I don't think it is. No, I don't. <laughs> So, I don't think it is. So many zippies, though, it's getting me oh. a little greedy. Just because it's not an episode does not mean we can't acknowledge, I'm not acknowledge <laughs> no. the amount of zips. Oh, no, dude. <laughs> the number of those zips is pretty oh. high. I, and just the, the absence of a specialized podcast episode about zippy does it doesn't mean anything not hold me back <laughs> no of course not a guy with your interest never no 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 no. oh my gosh well um you are you are in that zip code uh uh you're in one of the 2150 is that what you're trying to say that's right uh and in new york they all start with one in california they all start with nine um which is fun to think about uh that's you know 27, 2600. Rounding up, it's yeah. 2600 in California. Uh, and they all start with nine. So think about that. So so there's there's 400 and or 4600 or 750 in in California and New York alone, which means the rest of the 37,000 start with two through eight and are dispersed throughout this United States. Is that correct? That's right. And uh, it also means that there's some repeat offenders. We got, you know, I don't know what other state has their zippy that starts with a nine, but uh, you think there's, they've got that in common with uh, really. Okay. I don't know. California. Look, we're not guys who know a lot about zippies. Although I would guess that Washington starts with a nine, but who knows? I'm just saying that we we can appreciate the amount of them in certain places. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's crazy to just think about how many, <laughs> just the sheer volume, <laughs> the, the magnitude of the number. 
when you think about it, it's impressive. It's, it's, <laughs> it's I mean, it's, it's a high number. It's it staggering. Really is. It's, it's huge. It truly, truly is. But it's it, it, it doesn't warrant an episode. But when you think about no. it. <laughs> no, 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 no. But, but, no. but when you pause to think. Holy yeah. shit. Not an episode. Not an episode. But man, when you really wrap your mind around it. Boy. It's staggering. <sighs> Incredible stuff. But de- definitely not an episode. But that. I mean, oh, no, 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 no. That is a lot of zoom. I got to say. Not say, being an episode will not it will not, uh, hold us back. No, no. It will not deter us from telling you that that is a hell of a lot of zippies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it really is. It truly is. So what can I can I ask regarding your change of zippy? Yeah, you you are currently in New York and you uh, are residing there for the time being. Is that correct? Sure. Yeah. Um, I'm 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 here and uh, uh, and uh, it's you know what you know what's interesting about being in New York for you know uh, a you know short amount of time is is that I'm here and this is where uh, Talking Heads really flourished and really bloomed. Truly, truly. I mean, getting back to Talking Heads, um, which we were talking about before, um, they certainly cut their teeth at, in Rhode Island at the RISD, Rhode Island yeah, School of sure. Design. Listen, it's where they met. Certainly, okay? certainly, 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 certainly. And of course, they traveled the world and uh, on tour, yeah, recorded sure. a lot of their uh, albums down in Jamaica. But I'll be damned if they didn't blossom in New York City. Yeah. I mean, just take it sometimes in, you know, entertainment, uh, whether it be uh, your typical showbiz like movies, TV, that sort of stage, uh, or the music industry, uh, people say, you know, you got to take it to the next level. And Mm. for Talking Heads, they took it to the next level uh, here in New York City at uh, the, you know, d- clubs and stuff. Clubs and stuff. We, we don't know which clubs, but they certainly probably no, no, played no, no. clubs. No one knows what the clubs were. And you know what, Adam? I bet a lot of those clubs, their zippy started with one. Oh, 100%. They were living <laughs> in the one back then, and they were just grinding the zips. <laughs> they were, I mean, not a week would go by where they weren't like, no, no. got one, got one, got one. Yep. Just like, oh, yeah. Which, because they would tour around the US, like in an old van. Sure. And the Heads Mobile. And they, <laughs> every time they crossed into a new zip, everyone would just start going, what's the zip? Yeah. What's the zip? And high fiving each other, going, we got yeah. a new zip. We got new a new zips. Uh, and that, you can take that to the bank about Talking Heads. If we know anything 100%. about Talking Heads, it is that. And, um, yep. So, Adam, you're in New York. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm in New York. I think we've established that at this point. <laughs> oh, so, uh, in any case, it's, uh, you know, I, I feel like you're further away, uh, and, I, and I almost am feeling like I miss you, even though we're doing the exact same thing that we always do. 
I know. Uh, maybe it's the I'm no longer in a closet. Yeah, he's you, kind of throwing you. You uh, normally are surrounded by uh, fuzzy, woolly sweaters, and currently right. you seem to be in some sort of. I don't want to give away your location, but uh, uh, you you seem to be in some sort of a loft situation, much like Talking Heads, the members oh, of. Yeah, lived in lofts with zippies of one. One hundred percent. They may have been in the zippy I'm in now, or. Uh, uh, Zippo that's, uh, you know, east of here or west of here, north, south, I'm not sure. But I know it was close. I know it was uh, uh, close, uh, I bet close it. By. I bet at one point they passed through your zip zap zop and they were just like, check it off the list. Oh, they just cruise right on through this zip, either going uptown or downtown. They 100%, no doubt about it, talking heads have been in this zippy. Mm, feels good, doesn't it? I love it. I love it. I love just grinding it out zip wise. I love what there's nothing I love more than taking a nice long plane ride to New York City. And then when yep. I touch down and I ask the driver of the, the Bentley or the limousine or the Rolls yep. Royce, whatever they happen to pick yep. me up in, I, I, I don't make it, you know, I don't specify, certainly. It's whatever, sure. you know, just I say bring the nicest car to me, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, something that is, you know. that Something classy. And, classy, sophisticated, but, you yes. know, reserved, uh, doesn't That's stand right. out, but uh, definitely turns some heads. That's right. And uh, people will notice this car. People will notice, but it's unassuming. But at the same time, they're not bothering me, but they're looking inside going, I wonder who's in there. Yeah, it's not garish, but... It certainly stands out in a crowd. Absolutely. And people will have to know who is in that car. So when they pick me up, there's nothing I like better than making that drive into the city and just crossing them off. Zippy one, zippy two, zippy three. Oh, yeah. All the way across the Brooklyn Bridge, baby. Oh, yeah. into From one zip right into the, just zipping on <laughs> just over Just zipping through. And, and a, also calling them out to the driver, like, yep. here we go, new zip. I like to just call out the numbers without telling him that I'm calling out zips so that he wonders why I'm <laughs> just, just screaming at the top of your lungs. 10892. <laughs> <laughs> one zero zero one boy it's great and the drivers love it drivers love it they love me um and uh, uh there's nothing better than a nice trip to new york unfortunately i'm not taking one for a little while so i can't come visit your set and give the kids a thrill give uh uh all the your fellow actors like a little rush yeah. of endorphins of like oh my god is that uh we're in the middle of a pandemic yeah, you should you should. Uh, you can always come out here, quarantine for a couple of days, and then swing by the set. Give everyone a little bit of a goose. I like to really a, be uh, safe in quarantine jolt. for like three months on either side. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, that's that's the kind of the protocol here, anyway. Yeah, definitely. Three four month uh, quarantine <laughs> uh, before every day of shooting. Of course, of course. Um, so you and, and it's New York City, aka the place where paste picante sauce is not is not, not allowed. They uh, nope. they have a barrier all around the city. Yeah, armed guards. Do you have any paste picante on you, son? Yeah, if you try and sneak it in, you're you're screwed. They beat the shit out of you. Yeah, they <laughs> fucking end you. <laughs> they'll they'll do that regardless. <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't. I'm not even talking about paste pecan sauce <laughs> <Yeah>. anymore. 
Um, but we are you are in New York, which was always considered by <laughs> yes. by the band as the fifth talking head. Is that right? Oh yeah. And you know, in so many great films it's the it's a character as much as any of the other characters. Sure, it's the second Woody films. Allen in a lot oh, of films. My, hold on. Is this an episode of I Love Films? Oh shit it is. everybody this is i love films this is scott and this is scott and uh, usually i say welcome to i love films uh so let me welcome you now but uh we are we're back for another episode can you believe it oh man yeah i, I you know what i can you thought I we can, were done scott. you thought we were done uh-uh there how many times have people counted us out how many times <laughs> countless have they said those guys are done and we keep coming back dunzo uh unzo <laughs> I, I don't think don't so think so <laughs> um I think so in any case we're talking about movies set set in new york um and oh man i i i gotta confess i'm coming up uh short i'm i'm drawing a blank here you know what i was thinking about the fact that in great films uh new york city just the city just New uh-uh. York. Uh-uh. Yeah, just the hustle, the uh-uh. bustle, the uh-uh. walking, the stoops, just the stoops, the bagels, the pizza, uh, the nightlife. Mm. Uh, but but the, what about the day life? Oh, the day life. I mean, going to the park and sitting back and reading the the New York Times. Tossing a little frisb. New York Post. Tossing what? Tossing a frisb. Oh, man, just getting the frisbee out there. And just chucking it, just blading through Central Park, catching just frizz, it up, just <laughs> cruise right into a new zip right in the middle of the right in the middle of the park. But all of this, all of that in one city, one little island from space, you can't even tell that this is just a, a little it's island incredible. teeming with life. And, and films reflect it, that. Films reflect yes. that reality. In so many films, it's a character in the film. Just as important as the leads, if you ask me. Certainly. So I'm trying to think of one. It is, um, yeah, I can't think of any. It uh, is uh, um, Batman. Well, Batman famously, you know, takes place in Gotham. Oh. But you know, I think that there's a lot of people who, who you know, just assume that Gotham is. Sort of a no. fictionalized version of New York. No, it's so, Gotham. Uh, it's Gotham. What about Chinatown? Chinatown, great. Uh, well, that's also pretty famously Los Angeles. Huh. Now I'm okay. I'm going to throw one out there. Yeah. I'm not talking about the originals. I'm talking about the the prequels. Okay. So. Of the Star Wars movies. Oh, so episode one, episode two. Yeah, like the Phantom episode three. and Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is there any of that? Yeah. Any of those kind of touch, touch down into I the think so. New York I think so. I think those area? are set in New York, aren't they? Okay. Yeah. From what I re- – see, that's why it came to mind is because I just thought – well, wait a second. I think those – I think that was I think New so. York. Anakin, hey! Hey! You get some sausage and peppers, Anakin. Come on. Hey, I'm skywalking here. This skywalker. Yeah, those are yeah. set in New York, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.
Good F. Those guys know their shit. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a it's just a great resource for. Um, it is if you're a film lover, uh, and who amongst us is a film hater? Yeah, I mean, truly, you know, not me. There's no more transcendent art form than film, as far as I'm concerned. But if you are a film lover, then you are going to want to download, not stream, those episodes because you're going to want to listen to them again and uh-huh. again and again. You can just keep them on your uh, your phone, your tablet, what your computer, whatever it is. Uh, and by the way, you uh, they uh, you know they don't say this every episode, but if you uh, need a transcript of any of their episodes, yeah, then all you have to do is just write to them, and uh, they'll send you the transcripts. And that way, yeah. some of our uh, hearing impaired listeners can right. can figure out exactly what those guys from I Love Film are talking about, and that is just a service they provide. Uh, we don't provide yeah. it for this show, but uh, they provide it for that show. No, and, you know, it's a great resource because if you're in film school or something like that, um, yeah. you don't have time to just, like, back it up and listen to to uh, to the podcast over and over again. You can just carry this around and you Just kind of uh, highlight your or, favorite passages and, you know, right. th- things that you're going to want to come back to, you know, little nuggets of wisdom. Yeah, if your professor lets you kind of have notes uh, during the sure. exams, uh, you can have it highlighted, just ready to go. It's a great resource to use. It's a great resource. Uh, because a lot of what we talked about on that last episode is going to be on the test, probably. Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. There's going to be an exam uh, about New York and film and all that stuff. And and probably question number one is going to be name one film set in New York. And now yep. you're going to have it right there now at your you fingertips. Can. Yeah. It's a great resource. It's a great. Well, I mean, that's getting back to what I was talking about. And I know that you have sort of, you know, your point that you want to make. But I was going to say it's a great resource and something that people are going to want to go back to again and again. Yeah, I love I love that you that you're saying that. And that's cool. Um, And I think that uh, that, you know, it's a salient point. But if I'm just going to we can just like circle back to what I was saying, I what I was saying is more like it's a great resource for students if students want to have a resource specifically for the particularly film students it's a great resource for them uh, I, I get what you're saying and during I, an exam like certainly they can have yeah. it right there I understand that and I know that you know we're just spitballing and there are no bad ideas yeah, yeah, sure. but I want to sort of offer up a counterpoint um, that it's probably a lot of those episodes are going to be, uh, if you're the resourceful type, it's going to be great for you um, in order sure. to use those as uh, sort of the the raw materials that you're going to draw uh-huh. from. Uh, yeah. Sort of like a resource, a great one, a great resource. And yeah. uh, students are going to want to use those episodes and come back to them. Um, high on re-listenability, I have to say. Yeah, that's great. And, you, you know, it, I'm not disagreeing with you uh, at all. But I'm just, I think it's important that I just say real quick that, um, and just come to, again, just spitballing, throwing this, just seeing if this spaghetti sticks against the wall sure. here, uh, that as far as a student goes, as far as someone who is in school, uh, and I'm mainly referring to, you know, university. Higher but, education, know, can, sure. Sure, sure. And grad school and stuff, but also... Listen, they're they're doing film film classes in some high schools now. 
Sure. Um, and I think it could be a great resource for for students of any age, really, uh, who are studying film, uh, screenwriting, uh, even acting, you know, sure. I think it's a, it's for, again, those who are resourceful, it's great for them. Well, I think, I think that we can agree that it's an important medium and uh, film that is, and that those podcasts are certainly a great resource. Um, we can, we can agree on those facts that I've established. Sure. Yeah. Certainly. I can live um, with that. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, speaking of great resources, uh, this episode is a great resource for anyone who wants to, know anything about a little album called what is it called <laughs> little, little creatures anyone who yeah. wants to know about the album little creatures is going to want to put this on repeat and listen to oh, these man. facts over and over again and we need to take a break at him um but when we come back, we're going to be talking about this album, Little Creatures. I hope you've listened to it, because otherwise our break is going to have to be about 40 minutes long while you <laughs> listen to this album. But uh, have you listened oh, to don't it? Worry. I, I really hope you have. Don't worry. Don't worry. Okay, sorry. All right. We are going to come right back. When we come back, we will be talking about the album, Little Creatures. We will be right back. On you talking, talking heads to my talking head after this. I wish you wouldn't say that. I thought I'd have to come right over. Welcome back. You talking, talking heads to my talking head. I'm here with Adam Scott. And we are about to get the fuck into it are you ready adam oh i am rolling my sleeves up as we speak as we sit here yeah that's great we want those forearms nice and recognizable got them got got them right there there they are man you're looking guns you're looking big these days you're looking uh, swole yeah i got some big forearms did you uh have you been lifting in preparation for this part sure It's <laughs> a stupid question. <laughs> All right, we're going to get into it. We're going to talk about the album Little Creatures. Let's get into some facts. Released June 10th, 1985. Mm. Adam, do you remember what you were doing and did you buy this record when it came out? Well, my brother did and he had the record and we would listen to it all the time. Um, I remember it was a big deal. But June 10th, 1985, Back to the Future came out either soon after this. Back right, to, yeah, Back right to the Future as far as I remember. It came out in the summer of 85, but I think it came out in May. Let me just check this out here. Man, I was, whenever that came out, I was all about that. Back movie. to the Future, July 3rd. Oh. July 3rd, oh, 1985. So, so uh, a, a mere... Oh, three weeks and two days later, Back to the Future was out. I mean, I was just, I just went to see, I just kept I going, kept going to, to see, see that over and oh over, li- listening to the soundtrack over and over. I feel like we're verging into our sister podcast here. Huey yeah, talking Huey to me, but I uh, we can't get into that. But um, so you were all about Back to the Future this year. All about Back to the Future that summer. That's I 
every single member of my family. I just loved it. Had so you much. seen the movie um, Stop Making Sense at this point? Uh, yeah, probably. I would imagine. And I mean, Talking Heads were. Uh, I was like, a, I really liked Talking Heads. I wasn't like buying albums really yet because I just didn't have the means. You didn't have but, disposable cash. You didn't have walking no, around money. You didn't have a little lettuce my, for that tomato. That's right. I I had zero lettuce. You had you had zero as a result had zero tomatoes, <laughs> and you had uh, zero bozos. Is that right? No bozos. Um, <laughs> and yeah, and I I really really. Uh, do you remember really your first them. bozo? <sighs> it's it's hard to say. What about you? Can you remember your first? A young child never forgets his first bozo. Yeah, I was eight years old. I remember for the entire year that year, this was uh, from January uh, 1978 until September 23rd of 1978, I had $999. And then I remember on September 24th, I was just walking down the street and the, the most elegant millionaire was coming towards me on the sidewalk and he's wearing a top hat and spats and tails. I mean, he looked like, like a cartoon. He looked like the monopoly guy. You know, that guy, the guy, the monopoly guy. Do you know that guy? Yeah. The guy, the monopoly guy, Mr. Monopoly. Do you know that guy? Yeah. The richest, he looked, he looked like the spitting image of this guy and he passes me on the street and I'm like a ragamuffin at this point. You know, I have like, you know, grease on my face and, and tattered, uh, gloves and, you know, uh, I had a gold watch. Yeah. But I didn't have a fob, you know, I didn't have a nice golden fob to connect my, my, my golden pocket watch to, to my vest. And so he sees this and he's like, excuse me, young man, where is your fob? And I had to confess. I said, sir, I'm bozoless. Yeah. (laughs) So, and he reaches into his pocket and he pulls out a Susan B. Anthony. Whoa. Yeah. And he flips it over to me with his thumb. With his thumb. Whoa. And it it catapults throughout the air, turning over and over and over sure. and over. And, and and to my little boy mind, my little ragamuffin mind, it was up there in the air for what seemed like days, nay, weeks. And just Hmm. time became meaningless after a certain point because I'm just looking at the arc of this Susan B. turning over and over and over. I'm looking at her face occasionally because occasionally you can see her face. And I'm like, who is that? I don't know who that is. Suddenly it lands in my palm. And I say, excuse me, sir. This young man. Just obtained his first bozo. Oh, man. It was great. It was so That's great. great. It was so cool. He tried to kidnap me. Um, he tried to abduct me. He asked me to go step into his car. His car was not as nice as you would think it would be. It was kind of like a... Oh, really? A beat, was it was it? just like a beat-up station wagon. It, it turned out that he... He was wearing a Halloween costume. Um, hmm. He wasn't actually really rich, and um, he tried to abduct me, and um, I fought him off. I fended him off, but uh, oh, so the good. story has a. I mean, it's uh, not a sad ending, not a happy ending. It's still it's, cute, though. It's cute. It's a cute ending. Anyway, that was yeah. yeah. 
I, I, I remember depositing it to that bank teller and she just smiled at me because she knew she saw me coming in and she was like, do you have what I think you have? Oh, and man. Did they, did they turn on like the bozo alert? And have the, <laughs> yeah. The whole, you the know how thing. the banks do that every bleep, time. Bleep, bleep, bleep. It was incredible. But um, yeah, I remember mine. Oh, that's great. That's great. That's a great story. And it's fun. It's fun to listen to. It's fun to and listen it fun to. It was watching you tell it. I'm going to be honest. I got to admit, it was fun to say. I, you know what? I could tell. And that's part of why I enjoyed uh, listening so much. The, the, the tale was, was so much fun in the telling of it that it almost, oh, yeah. the content of it almost didn't even matter. No, the content of it was irrelevant. It's all about the spirit sure. uh, with which it was told. And that's sort of what America is. You know, it's about storytelling. It's about storytelling. It's about spirit. It's about uh, the spirit of the pioneers who uh, pi- yeah. founded this country. And it's a, 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 an individualistic spirit that Americans share. Yes. The American dream. Just, you know, st- you don't have two nickels to rub together. Next no. thing you know. You're you're getting like bozos like one a minute. The, suddenly the bozo alert is going off like yep. bing, 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 bing. It's like at a certain point I'm like, can I lose some money? Because I'm tired yeah. of this bozo alert going off and yeah. waking me up all the time. Please, can I flush some bozos down the, Jesus. the old tea toilet? The old, the old toilet. WC. In any case, uh, 1985 was uh, when this came out, June 10th. Now, I remember... Uh, this summer and this album in a very particular way, which um, I was very big into talking heads. We talked about on our Stop Making Sense episode, went to go see the movie with my friend. And uh, so when this record came out, uh, I believe my friend bought it and I taped it off of him. Hmm. And um, the reason I know I had a tape of it is because that summer... I went to Lake Elsinore, which uh, was the lake that my church group would go to for water skiing. Um, And the name of the beer factory in uh, Strange Brew. Interesting. Um, And so I I had a a boom box that I would carry around with me wherever we would Mm -hmm. go. And I would play this record and I would play the Cars Heartbeat City over and over. These were the two tapes that I brought... Great albums. Great albums. Played it over. So anytime I hear, hello, hello again, I just flash back. And this album is the same. I flash back to wandering around Lake Elsinore. Um, Did I ever tell you what happened to me there when I sunk the jet ski? No. (laughs) We rented it. Me and two friends (laughs) pooled our money and rented a jet ski from a, a jet ski rental place. And we didn't know how to, they don't give you any instruction. They just, you know, they go, oh, I expected some sort of like tutorial or whatever. Right. But instead they go, yeah. here you go. And then you're, you're oh, expected. Jesus and they, they kind of tell you how to turn it on. That's the one, the one thing they do. So we're sitting there in you shallow have you sign something. Yeah. We sign something. So I'm s- sitting there or standing there. All three of us are standing there in shallow water with all these boats around us. And we're like, okay, well, he said you turn this key and press this button and it turns it on. None of us are sitting on it, by the way. So I do that. Are, I, are you out like in the, in the, in the deep water? Or no, we're in, the shallow, we're in the shallow water. This? Shallow water where okay, okay, boats okay. are tied up, right? Okay. 
And so none of us are on it, but I go, okay, well, here we go. And I turn the key and I press the button and it just takes off without any of us on it <laughs> and crashes into a boat. <laughs> so the people who own the boat are like, hey, and I go, sorry, sorry. And we we go, oh boy, that was a, that was a, a close call. You know, yeah. if the people on that boat had, you know, been upset, it would have ruined the weekend. So we go, all right, who wants to get on it first? I go, I, I don't know. I will. Okay. So I get on it. I'm out in the deep water having a great time. Three minutes later, it is at the bottom of the lake. <laughs> Why? What happened? When I hit the boat, it like knocked a patched up uh, hole in in the engine or something oh, like that. Jesus. So, it, so it filled with water? It filled with water and sank. And so like everyone at my church group made fun of me out there like floating in the middle of the water. <laughs> having to be rescued <laughs> and then them so having you were out in the middle of the lake out in the middle of the lake they had to they had to get a rope and like drag the jet ski up and then um they were going to make me pay for the jet ski me personally by the way my other two friends they're not saying a peep at this point they're right. just like yeah scott did this he was out in the middle of the water oh, that's and uh so then the 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 adults at the church group took a look at the jet ski and they were like, uh, this hole was obviously in it before and you just put like putty over it or, right. you know, something. He's not going to be responsible for this jet ski. He's not paying you any bozos for this bozo. Plus you're a teenager and it's what, like $5,000 <laughs> something like that. It was just insane. It's it was insane. like, it, it to me was like another example of one of these accidents that you get into as a kid um, that just cost your parents thousands and thousands of dollars that all yeah. they can do is just be like, well, that's the price of raising a kid, I yeah. guess. Yeah. Um, but in any case, so, so this particular trip, I, I just, anytime I listen to this record, I flash back, um, to that trip. And I, I have a lot of, uh, uh, f uh, I guess, you know, even though that, that trip was a, a, a weird memory, I have a lot of great memories with this record. And this is probably the Talking Heads record, aside from Stop Making Sense, that I've listened to over and over and over and over mm -hmm. again because I was 15 oh, when it cool. came out and I listened to it over and over again. And that's really what it was like back then because other than the radio, you were limited to what you had. And when you didn't have any money or anything... Like, I remember listening to, like like you're describing, like two albums for months. Like, I would just listen. That's how you got so into these albums. And now with a streaming service or something, like, why would you ever do that? Right. But but listening to, I, I know almost every note, every production right. choice of this record. I, right. I, I put it on yesterday for the first time in a while, and I was immediately singing along to like not only the lyrics, but every musical instrument and every right. chord change. I you know, so I I just know this one backwards and forwards. That's um, cool, and that's uh, like me with automatic for the people or something like that. Like right, every single little thing. Um, a little background about this record. So, uh, weirdly enough, um. You know, our last few episodes, there's been so much drama with all the members of Talking Heads uh, and fighting over credit and, and right. you know. It's like a soap opera or something. It truly is a soap opera. So I, I've i read uh, Chris Fart's book and I, I read the uh, This Must Be the Place book and neither of them 
really have any kind of drama regarding this record. Um, hmm. Here are the facts. So Stop Making Sense gets released, and Mr. Burns decides he wants to write and direct his own movie, which we will get to uh, on one of our next episodes. Um, so he moves to Los Angeles, and he gets an office at the WWWB over there in Burbank. Um, Bill, Billy Bong, Bill, <laughs> what does John Daly say? <laughs> Billy, Billy Burbank. I can't remember. We got to talk to him at I some point know. on our sister show on the Red Hot Chili Pepper show. Oh yeah. But, um, so he gets an office where he's trying to make this movie. So he moves to LA and he, apparently he loves it and he loves the sunshine and he, he loves, I'll tell you the biggest thing that he loves about it. He loves that nine at the start of that zippy. <laughs> Oh man, getting that just getting mail, crossing, crossing that border into the nine zone. Oh, you're just when you when it you up. get mail and you're like, yeah, that's the zip I'm in. Yeah, that's right. You better believe that starts yeah. with the nine. Um, so he's over at uh, Warner Brothers trying to trying to work on this movie, and you know, back then the album life cycle was every year you would put out something. You need right. you need product uh, every single year because the the machinery was designed in order to constantly have product out there. So they had put out "Stop Making Sense" the year before, so everyone knew that they had to put out an album this time. But the weird thing about it is, so our last few records have all been based on the group jamming together in one room and figuring right. out the songs as they go. This time. Mr. Burns says to them, oh, hey, I wrote all these uh, songs on piano. Um, do we want to do these? And starts playing them, basically the songs on this record, on Little Creatures. And he's written mm -hmm. them all on piano, and they're all sort of like character sketches. I I think in one book it, it mentioned that some of these were designed to be for his movie. Um, and the thing that's surprising to me is both books... I would think like after two successful records where they were born out of jams, the band would say, uh, what if, you know, we did it like the other records, but instead they all go, great. Sounds good. Let's yeah. record these. No drama, no, no fighting over credits. Chris Farts at some point says, uh, I was pleased to see that Mr. Burns included some lyrics I wrote a long time ago in perfect world. He included those. He gets credit for them. Um, and they, they basically just go and 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 bash this album out. Uh, they record, and it's a more con kind of conventional song structures and stuff. Yeah, these right? are all like, like songwriter songs. These uh, the past like two pop. records. Yeah. yeah, the past two records have been. Um, they certainly were ended up being pop music, but these are kind of uh, just straightforward verse chorusy David Byrne, uh, Mr. Burns songwriting uh, 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 examples. They go record it on top of the Ed Sullivan Theater in uh, one of those offices up there on top. And um, it comes out and and it's it is just like a 1985 pop record. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, it's yeah. It, it kind of is the perfect record to come out when you're super famous because. Yeah. They are super famous now, and and this is like not a challenging record, if that makes sense. Right. It's it's just a really good 
pop record. Really good melodies, really good structures. Nothing is too long. Uh, there, only one song is uh, is over four and a half minutes. Really, there's a uh, Television Man is over six, but but nothing like dark and bizarre. And, yeah, just a real yeah. nice David Byrne, uh, Mr. Burns being Mr. Burns, and. Uh, now, some of the band, I, I believe George Harrison, look, I mean, dude was in the Beatles and made Sgt. Pepper, you know, like yeah. the thing that invented pop stars making challenging records. Yeah, from it's huge. From what I read, uh, he thought this was a little unchallenging, perhaps, and yeah. especially coming off of Remain in Light, you know, which is so groundbreaking. Some of the band maybe thought that this was like a little light, um, but Chris Fart said he had fun. He was like, I was, I was having such a good time doing all these different types of drum sounds. <laughs> um, one, I thought you were going to say all these different types of drugs <laughs> and farts. One thing that did happen was um, the entire band was interviewed for the New York Times magazine, and. Um, they all did interviews for it, asked Talking Heads, and then when it came out, it was just a picture of Mr. Burns on the cover. Pretty classic. Oh, yeah. And it was and yeah. everyone everyone else's interviews were sort of supporting their story on Mr. Burns instead of no, it being a story sucks. on Talking Heads. That's classic. Happens. Um but other than that, they just had a good time and put it out. And then the record was uh, huge and sold more than any of their other records. Now, the, looking it up, I was surprised to see that Lady Don't Mind was the first single, which I Isn't do that not weird? remember. Yeah. I don't remember that being a hit at all, was it? Uh, not really. I, I In fact, the, the first... Uh, song that I remember hearing was Road to Nowhere. So um, yeah. I remember And She Was being the huge hit. Yeah, I both of those were certainly more uh, made more of an impact than The Lady Don't Mind. I know that they uh, uh, George Harrison, I think, told us on our last episode uh, that they they made a deal where all four of them would direct the videos and, because they they knew that Mr. Burns would direct them all unless they like struck an agreement. So. Um, they ended up making three videos, um, and they talk about how uh, basically MTV just played the shit out of these videos Yeah, and made the record as popular as it was because they didn't have a lot. At the time, they, they – I forget exactly what it was, but they this filled some sort of niche for them where – for about a year, they were just constantly playing Talking Heads videos. Yeah, I remember And She Was and Road to Nowhere being on constantly. Now, we should talk about the cover a little bit because this has a, a little bit of a um, relationship to our sister show. Are you talking about yeah, Howard Me? The Reverend Howard Finster does the cover um, in his inimitable style and... Um, I guess Mr. Burns kind of said, hey, I want I want you to do the cover and I want me holding up the world. <laughs> and uh, so uh, Howard Finster painted uh, Mr. Burns in his underwear for some reason, holding up the world. <laughs> and um, but it's a, a very cool cover. It was. Uh, yeah. 
It was definitely, uh, it's it's very striking, and I believe he got paid 2,500 bozos for that. Or no, no, not 2,500 bozos. That would be an amazing amount. He got paid uh, two and a half bozos. Um, Man, really? I think so. I may have the time. I, yeah, I guess that's... You know, that's a, down pay- that's a down payment on a yacht. It's such a great record cover. I love it. It's so good. So... You have uh, the the other people who are on this record are you have uh, Lenny Pickett, who is the leader of the SNL band at the time. He does a bunch of saxophones on a, on a lot of the songs. Hmm. Our old buddy Steve Scales from Stop Making Sense comes in and adds percussion. Um, a lot of backing vocals. Um, they talk about how they got sort of like the cream of the crop in studio musician backing vocals. Aaron Dickens, Diva Gray, uh, Gordon Grody, Lanny Groves. Um, Kurt Yahian, I believe. Um, they all do backing vocals, mainly on, um, I believe, Road to Nowhere. And you got uh, some Washboard. It's a real Americana album. It really, yes. It's like a, it's like a, a driving album. You know what I mean? Well, it's what he was exploring music-wise for true stories and sort of did this concurrently. Right? Yes. So and he was... Yes, they they did these one after the other with with basically no break. I think it's maybe more successful at the feeling he was going for in true mm-hmm. stories than even true stories is. I mean, it truly mm-hmm. is one of these records you can pop on as you're having your driver, you know, in a, in, in something nice, he's driving you around in something nice, you know, something classy, yeah. you know, not garish, but certainly people are going to fucking notice. You're going to fucking lose it if they see you in there. And you want to roll the windows down because you're, you know, you want to smell the ocean air. Yeah, you want but people you, to see you. But you know that if you do, it's going to cause some, it's going to cause some incidents, you know? Yeah, people, people are, are going to kick up a fuss. Yeah. Probably. So in any case... um, Great record, and we will hear a little... Well, we'll go through the songs when we come back. How's that sound, Adam? That sounds great. It really, really does. All right, we're going to come back and listen to Little Creatures. We will be right back with more. You talking talking heads to my talking head in just a second. We'll be right back. Welcome back. You talking, talking heads to my talking head. And we are talking about the record Little Creatures. Have I said Little Creatures before then? Before now? Yes. Okay, good. Um, Little Creatures is the name of the record. And you ready to get into this, Adam? Yeah. Screech it up. (laughs) Screech it up. What if it was... Little Screech. Little Screech. What a young or, Sheldon? Little Screech. Little Creechies. No, wait, if it was a cute, a little cuter, it would be Little I, Creechies. I accidentally hit on a million dollar idea. Like, no one wants Screech involved in Say by the Bell anymore. Right. But pull a young Sheldon, Little Screech. I would watch a show about Little Screech. Oh, Little Screech. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, someone get. Who owns the rights to that? You were, weren't you on that episode? I, or on the, I on disagree, that show? though. That, I disagree that it's a million dollar idea. Why? I think it's a $10 million idea. Whoa! 
that's so many bozos. I don't even know how many bozos that is. I believe 10,000, something like that. I could be getting that wrong. All right, let's go through I'm the songs. I'm going to admit that earlier when you asked me when I got my first bozo, I didn't know what, I, I'd forgotten what bozo <laughs> you got, referred to. You, so you got to listen to these episodes back. I asked you to go first. <laughs> um, all right. This is track one, and this is um, this was uh, the third single, strangely enough, but this is one that everyone remembers. It's got to be wrong. Uh, I don't think it, uh, who knows, but uh, this is And She Was, this is the kickoff track to Little Creatures. Here we go. Good shit. Man, it is just so catchy. This is ho- such happy music. Yeah. Um, it is interesting. I mean, all sort of art school sheen is gone. All kind of like old sour pussisms. Yeah. Um, they're all gone. And, and But what is front and center is David Byrne or Mr. Burns' <laughs> point of view which is challenging enough already, you know? So it was almost yeah. this melding of art school point of view on happy pop um, music that made it so popular. But it also has this kind of art art school, like, this is pop music. This is catchy pop music. In italics or in quotes. Yeah, a little bit. Like, we're doing this now. Um rather than this is what we are. This is like, check out what we're up to. Pretty much every album is kind of check out where, what we're up to. I, I guess so. <laughs> but I feel like this super this super clean, straightforward pop music thing is more conceptual than it is. Very chimey uh, guitars here. Yeah, Cowbell. I love it. Kind of drug uh, influenced LSD ish kind of uh, lyrics. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Hey, hey, hey. And it'll now be in my head for like two weeks. Yeah, good shit. Um, that's an A plus. Sure. In my in my mind, um, which is the highest grade that some schools give. Um, this is track two. This is Give Me Back My Name. There's a word for it. 
name for it Names make all the difference in the world Some things can never be spoken Some things cannot be pronounced That word does not exist in any language It will never be uttered by a human mind That was Tina, I believe if I'm not mistaken, singing background vocals. This is a weird song to to follow Anchua's. Well, it's interesting because it, it goes immediately into a minor key song, which yeah. when you think about it, where else could you put a minor key song except for right after a happy song? That's It makes the yeah, contrast. I would have held it for, because there's so many happy songs on this album. I would have put another like, what is interesting, though, is it goes into a major key, I believe, after a little bit, which mm-hmm. turns it into more of a happy song. Let's uh, talk a little bit more sure. as, as they continue. Here, this, this is a little major. But then goes back into a minor. Now we're in a major again. Now we're back to happy, kind of. Something has been changed in my life. Something must be returned to us. Something must be returned to us. But then back to minor key. I, you know, yeah. at the time it didn't seem weird to me because it 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 is kind of ping ponging back and forth from from these two moods and I think it ends on kind of an upbeat thing so it 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 didn't seem uh like strange to me like it didn't it didn't yeah. seem incredibly challenging but I uh, but I I know what you mean it is uh kind of a weird track too but I don't know but I like it yeah. what do, what do you think about it I like it I I mean I like the the I think that those harmonies in the chorus are really pretty uh and that americana sort of it's a weird mixture of like that older Talking Heads vibe with this new yeah. poppy Americana thing. It's not my favorite on the record. I I don't know why. I love it. Um, yeah. And um, I'll fight you. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Let's do it. Yeah. How far, how far can your arms reach to punch me? Uh, 2,000 miles. Oh, that's not going to be enough. No. Okay. Well, let's uh, rain check on that fight. Um, This is track three. This is Creatures of Love. This is sort of, I mean, not the title song of the record because there isn't a song called Little Creatures, but it's kind of what the title of the record is referring to. Uh, This is Creatures of Love by Talking Heads.
It's uh, another one is sort of a minor few, uh, minor key feel that goes into a major for the chorus. It's great. Yeah. I love this song. Based a little bit on a dream that Mr. Burns had, apparently. He was telling Tina about where he was like, I had a dream last night I was surrounded by creatures. And she said, oh, was it a scary dream? And he said, no, they were creatures of love. Sounds like a cool guy to talk to. Yeah, it is... Uh, isn't little creatures the just those two words in an older song of theirs as well? Huh. Creatures, I'm not sure. Little creatures? Um this this is one of two songs on the record that talks about babies. Which I don't well, know. I think if... it might be in slippery people. I don't know. Okay. Well I, I had moved on and made a different point. Yeah, you had. <laughs> Back to the chorus. Here we go. Beautiful pedal steel by Eric Weisberg. Yeah. Really fun. I mean, this is, again, it's when we say Americana, that's kind of what we're talking about here. Um, Sort of like, I guess, you know, our, a previous band we covered, U2, they, uh, U2, they did Americana in 1987 with Joshua Tree. Yeah. Yeah, um, like the kind of exploring American music. Yeah, sort of. but Talking Heads beat them to it by two years. That's right. Although I wouldn't, I, you know, I don't think this album screams America kind of like Joshua Tree did you know like we're exploring America it just has these touches which hadn't been yeah. incorporated in Talking Heads songs before yeah alright glad that you agree alright so here's uh, this is track 4 this is Lady Don't Mind This is maybe the closest they came to like sort of a dance song, like the stuff that they did on their previous records. So you have a kind of a propulsive bass line that do, 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 do. Right. And Steve Scales doing the bongos in the back, but it, it is not a dance. I mean, it's not like a banger or anything like that. Right. Is the chorus about to hit? I believe so. Yeah, 
I love the horns. Lenny Pickett did a good job on these. Yeah, it's so weird to me that this was a single. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's at least what Wikipedia says, and I think I think one of the books talks about it. But uh, I mean, I can see it being just the first. It just doesn't. The first, it doesn't make any sense. But uh, you know, I look. Most of these songs, I'm going to say, are great. What do you think of this one? Yeah, I I really like it. I think it's really good. Uh, What about you? I I I like all, but maybe. No, wait, shit. I like all of the songs on this. I was thinking, yeah. there's one that I was, when I was listening to yesterday, I'll tell you which one it is. I was kind of like, eh, do I like this song? And then the chorus hit and I was like, I love it. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know. So much of uh, this album is wrapped up in me hearing it one million times. I do, th- right. I do think that that song, you know what it reminds me of is it reminds me of David Bowie's Tonight record, which is hmm. a flop and everyone considers to be bad, but I actually really like it. Has that like clean production with the very clean horn sounds and right. Um, in any case, that that song in particular reminds me a lot of it. Um, all right, this is the last track on side one. This is Perfect World, and some might say perfect song. Well, we'll find out as we listen to it. Perfect World by Talking Heads. This is the kind of song that you write on piano and not on guitar. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, like, you can really tell that he's um, doing kind of different chord structures than he was on guitar. I mean, he's a good rhythm guitarist, you know, but... Um, and, and some people talk about how the fact that he doesn't really know music all that well led him to doing weird chord progressions you wouldn't hear in any other song. But this is just, like, beautiful piano-y uh, 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 chords that fit really well together. Very happy. Yeah, it's a really, just really well-constructed song. Good falsetto singing. I mean, nice, happy song. I I was just looking up the, the album tonight. Yeah. And stumbled upon Never Let Me Down. Remember the Glass Spider Tour Oof. being like this infamous flop? Yeah, I didn't like it. But yeah, what about it? Just uh, just thinking back to, like, I remember just how just people just tore him to bits because of that tour. He was so coked out during that tour. And I watched it on ABC. They, they like, broadcast... Uh, a, really? They broadcast one of the tour dates on ABC as, like, at an 8 o'clock special or at least 9 o'clock or something. 
and I remember watching it, and that that record is probably the my least favorite David Bowie record. Um, Never it's let me down. So yeah. bad, and I and I like. To, I'm a Tonight apologist. I really like Tonight, even though it's it's a lot like this record. It's not challenging. I just like the songs on it. But yeah. man, that's an ugly sounding record, and that tour is terrible. And actually, but they they did put out. Two years ago, I believe they put out a, uh, a David Bowie right before he died. He put out a uh, he was working on a different version of that record with different instrumentation where he took all the instruments away and and made a new version of it. And it's really fascinating. Oh, right. Yeah. You should listen to it. We should. I mean, why are we talking about David Bowie? I know. And then he took a six year break after Never Let Me Down. Yeah, well, he no, he 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 was in Tin Machine. Well, he did Tin Machine, yeah. Which I love that first Tin Machine record. In any yeah, me too. case, Perfect World. How do you feel about it? I like it. It's really pretty. Okay, we're we're not gonna we're not gonna dislike much on this record. I have to say, I but know. Adam may dislike more than me. All right, this is track one on side two. Um, we have four more tracks to go. This is Stay Up Late. Stay Up Late. What? Listening to Talking Heads? Maybe you'll find out. This is Stay Up Late by Talking Heads. I mean, this is a 10 out of 10 as far as I'm yeah. concerned. It gets really good great, uh, towards the song. end. Another song about babies. I don't know if babies were on his mind or, or what, but um, he's talking about little pee-pee. Little pee-pee. Talking about a little baby's pee-pee. Um, there's a part here. Uh, coming up that I want to highlight, which is one of my favorite parts on the record. What I like about all these songs too is, is like they kind of establish like a nice melody and a nice groove, but then they, they end up do going to interesting places, like sort of in the breakdowns and stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I have always loved this song. It's coming up in a second here. Yeah, and he's writing about, on some of these songs, writing about really lightweight stuff. Right, yeah. And, you know, um, they talk about how 
he's singing a little more on this record, or crooning, as Chris Farts puts it. But um, this is the most Mr. Burnsy, like old, yeah. old school Talking Heads kind of vocal performance, where he's kind of yelping and doing a lot of like vocal tricks and stuff. Yeah. Um, and in any case. I mean, those those of you who want us to find fault on this record are sorely disappointed because so far, yeah. uh, Adam ha- has maybe been a little eh, not sure about a couple of them, but I love them all. Give me back my name is the one I'm sort of like is it more of a shrug to more me. of a shrug to you. Okay, this is the one that when I first heard it again yesterday, I was kind of like, eh, maybe this is a song I don't like, but then the chorus kicked in and I liked it. So this is "Walk It Down." by Talking Heads. Kind of more of a swamp vibe. C minus maybe. I love this chorus. The chorus though, here we go. I mean it's so good. Almost like a gospel chorus, not a gospel chorus, but you know they're they're using all these backup singers to their advantage. Yeah. Uh, sounds really pretty, kind of putting a polished sheen on Mr. Burns singing. Sounds um, like it's recorded in a big room with a lot of with musicians a, and a lot of um, really nice furniture and just tastefully decorated. Modern chic, certainly, but. Nothing too outlandish. Yeah. That's great. All right. That was Walk It Down. We are two songs away from the end. The next one is called Television Man. Now, Mr. Burns has a fascination with television. I think this is the second of maybe three songs he's written about television. Uh, one with... Uh, on that Yeah, because... You have Found no, a Job. Sorry. Found a job where he's right. like, damn that, which is all about people arguing over uh, what they're going to watch on TV. So instead they decide to make their own TV shows. Then this one, Television Man, and then he, he has I Will Watch TV with St. Vincent, I believe. Those are the three I can think of. Maybe he has more. Uh, I was thinking of Radiohead, which is about a radio and not television. Well, it's covered as by... As far as I know. It's covered by AFTRA. Well, you're right. Okay. Yeah. Our bro- Radiohead. Our brothers in, a, in our uh, uh, union, AFTRA, of course. Sure. Our union brothers and sisters. Sure. Um, this is Television Man, and it's by Talking Heads. 
What do you think, Adam? Yeah, I like it. I. It's not as um, it's, exciting to me as it's a B plus in a yeah, in an album full songs. of A's. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he's a television man, is what he's trying to say. Yeah. No, I, I get it. I get that. That's what he's saying. All right, this is the final song on the record, and, and it's an interesting choice to be the final song because it's probably the most well-known song on the record and the biggest... It's a great album closer. It's, it's a monster, but it is a such a... You know, it's such a good closer, and, and when you see American Utopia, you kind of think, like, nothing can really uh, come after it. It's so big and such a great way to end it could have been maybe an opener i don't know we'll never know but uh this is road to nowhere and this is by talking heads well we know oh, man. where we're going but we don't know where we've been and we know what we're knowing but we can't say what we've seen People know this song. It's great. Um, I mean, this song has been in so many movie trailers. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of movies are road movies and people, you know. Yeah. What I love, I love music uh, supervisors who uh, can can only think of the most obvious song to use in something, you know, like I love watching a TV show and, and I know that a a main character, a protagonist, is under a lot of pressure when I hear the song Under Pressure. Oh, my God. Or when they are making a lot of money, you gotta play Money by Pink Floyd. Oh, my God. Or the fucking Apprentice theme. Money, 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 money! Ugh. This is great. I mean, this is really great. So good. I mean, just there's nothing wrong with this. And, uh, you know, go see or, or watch American Utopia for a great version of this. Um, Spoiler alert. Yeah. I'll spoil the shit out of that. I'm excited that Spike Lee directed it, too. Cool. He directed the version that's going to be on yes. HBO. You, uh, I, I get all my Talking Heads info from your little asides on this show, so I'm glad to hear <laughs> Breaking news. <laughs> we got a break, Spike Lee joint. break in on this program. Um, the, the bonus tracks are pretty much like run-throughs of, of songs or an extended remix, but there is one interesting 
a totally different version of the Lady Don't Mind. They call it the Moog or Moog March version. Do you want to hear a little bit of this, sure. and we'll uh, we'll see how it stacks up uh, to the official version. This is Lady Don't Mind, uh, different version, which you can find on bonus rarities and outtakes. Whoa. Weird. Yeah, very different, huh? I, I mean, they made the right choice. Yeah. This is like... The vocals a, sound like they were recorded like in a garage. This is probably like a run-through or the, or them doing, yeah. a, you know, warming up with it or something. Like, I don't think they professionally mixed this or, or intended for it to be released no. or whatever. But uh, uh, definitely a different feel. The early version of Road to Nowhere is cool too. It seems like a like a a warm up, just a demo. Yeah, just right? a them. Yeah. yeah, it's it's true. I I wonder if any of the band is on it other than Mr. Burns. This is uh, the early version of Road to Nowhere. Well, we know. Yeah, it's like a home recording almost. Yeah, I bet he did this with a drum machine. I'm not sure. Um, in any case, Little Creatures. Classic a, album. Classic album. Uh, again, kind of has has taken them out of the art school aesthetic that they had for their first few records. And now they're just purely just a pop band, but I love it for it. And um I think uh, the songwriting is great. And um, who knows? This may be the last really good Talking Heads record. We don't We don't know. We don't know what's to come. But uh, this and one's... Let's see how long they try and keep up this we're a mainstream pop band yes. thing. This definitely was worn out uh, in my neck of the woods. And on uh, uh, certainly from the bottom of Lake Elsinore to your home... I hope that uh, you play this record and enjoy it. Uh, Adam, any uh, final words you want to say about uh, this record, this period of time? I don't think so. How about you, Scott? Yeah, you know, I, I feel like people have heard enough of what I think about this record. We want to hear what you think about this record. Hit us up at gofuckyourself.com. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I, I hope you listen to this record and, and enjoy it. I can totally understand if you, in the context of people just looking back, not knowing Talking Heads, if they listen to it and go, well, I don't know. Like there other shit. Yeah, who gives a shit? But uh, it's definitely one I love. All right. That's going to do it for us. We, for another week, hope you've enjoyed it. Adam, I've enjoyed spending time with you, and I hope that um, everything goes well for you out there on what I call the East Coast. Sure. Yeah. Likewise, the West Coast with you, my friend. May they never meet at all because that would be a strange that I would be a large folding country 
<laughs> All right, we'll see you next time. And until then, we hope that you found what you're looking for. Bye. Bye.